you free this morning. Let me hear you. <laughs> he is faithful. Amen. Let's sing that together if you would. How many believe that he is faithful this morning? Amen.
Aren't you glad that he's faithful to you and me? Amen. Well, everybody put a smile on. Turn around. Tell somebody, you sure do look good this morning. And uh, let's fellowship for a little bit if we could. All right. You can find your place and you may be seated. Good to see everybody in the house this morning. Amen. Give Brother Martin a hand. He's going to come give us our announcements this morning. Good morning. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you got uh, full as a tick. It's only a thing in the South. Um, so uh, let's see. We'll go ahead and start with announcements here. Oh, this is a big one right here. Chapel Hill Bulldogs. We're down 17 to nothing at halftime, and it just made for a sweeter comeback. And so they are playing Friday night, 7 o'clock, against the Red Dogs from uh, Kilgore. And whoever wins that goes on to the state semifinals. We do have one of our seniors over here, wave. Yes, you. She is, uh, she is the, uh, one of the lieutenants on the drill team. So we are Chapel Hill, whether you are or not, we are. So is there uh, any, no Yankees allowed, any, uh, any first time visitors here today signify it by raising your hand? Jocelyn, put your hand down. All right, um, so we do have uh, Wednesday night or Wednesdays uh, back are in full swing uh, this week. So Bible study uh, from 10 to 11. Wednesday night services, we have a dinner at 6 o'clock. And then uh, youth in here, adults have a Bible study. And then the little kids are also taught. Uh, we do have a wonderful Sunday school for uh, all ages on Sundays. That's why it's called Sunday school. 10 a.m., uh, every Sunday. We had a great lesson this morning, um, just learning about Lazarus and a little bit deeper dig into that. Uh, we do need help with teachers and helpers to help with children and toddlers for Wednesday night. See Miss Cindy on that. Um, we do have a couple different ways you can give your tithes. Uh, we can do it the old way through an envelope, uh, check, cash, or there is a website, it is uh, giving.landmarktyler.com, and you can set up a one-time PayPal and do it that way. Um, let's see, this is a big one. We have a Christmas time at BJ's house. I wish I could be just a waiter so I could eat some of, I'm getting to that. 
Uh, I might associate as one that day. So it will be Friday, December 9th. Friday, December 9th at 6 p.m. Um, better make sure Bulldogs ain't playing that night because I ain't coming. <laughs> Just FYI, it may be rescheduled. So mark your calendars, ladies, on that date. Come expecting a night of good food, good fellowship, lots of fun and laughter. Uh, bring your favorite covered dish. Drinks, plates, cups, and ice will be provided. And every year, y'all do a dirty, dirty Santa gift exchange. Uh, the price limit is $20. And be sure that you don't go down to the Dollar Tree and bring something you wouldn't want to take home with you. God said, bring your very best. So bring your very best. Just don't go over $20. And be sure, um, as always, uh, Miss BJ loves opening up her home to you. You know, it's always decked out, decorated, so probably be again this year. Uh, come enjoy and relax. If you don't know where her house is, it's literally down this road on the right. Um, but we do have the address. I'll put this sheet over, over here in case you need an address. Uh, and there will be a red and white trees in her yard. You will not miss it, I promise. Just go that way and look to the right. P.S. Ladies only. No men allowed. P.S.S. Never seen that one. P.S.S. We may have a surprise visitor. I think I may take a guess at that, but I'm not going to. Um, so again, ladies, Friday, December the 9th at 6 o'clock at Ms. BJ's, bring something you would be willing to take home. Matter of fact, just buy something for yourself and then choose that gift. That's what I would do. Um, and then let's see, uh, volunteers are needed to put up Christmas decorations here at the church. If you can help, see Miss Cindy with that. Uh, we are doing it for the birth of Jesus, so if you agree with that, you will volunteer. Uh, we do have a movie night at 6 p.m. showing a special Christmas chosen. Oh, special Christmas chosen. We're doing chosen. Popcorn and candy will be provided. That's tonight. Okay, that's tonight. Tonight, there is a movie night at 6 p.m. And then life recovery class is going on at 1 p.m. And so now the jester of the church will get off the stage. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, dirty Santa, I don't even want to know what that is, uh, amen, uh, but Miss BJ will explain it to you if you don't know what that is, all right, if, if you've never been to Miss BJ's house at Christmas, uh, you've heard of Santa Land, Miss BJ has BJ Land, amen, and uh, it's, I mean, it's decked out from head to toe, and you do not want to miss it, I believe there is a sign-up sheet, do we have a sign-up sheet on the table, so a sign-up sheet, so she needs to know if you're coming. So, ladies, uh, please sign that on your way out this morning, all right? Well, God bless you. Do it. Yes, uh, we are doing uh, Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky, come on down. She loves public speaking. Uh, I told her I was going to make her come do it because it was way too many details for Brother Mark. Amen. So uh, we're going to do, we, we do need your help uh, decorating the church, and we don't just need everybody. We need some people under under the age of old, all right? Uh, that's, I, I'm putting it as 
tactfully as I can. We need some younger women to come in. And it doesn't have to just be women. We need some younger men because uh, they will need help getting it out. We got some stuff in the attic. We got some stuff out here in storage. So men, women, it doesn't matter. And we need some help. So, again, Miss Cindy uh, is uh, kind of heading that up, but she don't want to do all the work. She pretty much had to do it by herself last year. And so we need some young'uns. We need some muscle. We need a little bit of everything. So women and men. But part of this is going to be a new thing called a family tree. And uh, Miss uh, Vicki is going to explain the details of that. Okay, we're going to have a church family Christmas tree this year. And what we want to do is everybody bring an ornament, not, not an expensive one or anything, but something that represents your family. And if you want to bring just one, that's perfectly fine. If you want to bring one for you and your kids or whatever, that's fine too. And what we're going to do is we're going to put your names on them. And next year, we're going to add more for our new members and anybody else that doesn't have one on there and we'll just collect them for uh, as long as we are here <laughs> and uh, so there'll be some bags up here at the front to uh, put your ornament in put your name on the outside of it and then we'll uh, there'll be more bags Wednesday night that's all I could find <laughs> this far but uh, and we'll just decorate the big tree over here in the corner like we used to Miss Vicky began. Everybody got that. Hey, also, brother, brother Jack. I know he loves attention. Brother Jack's in the house this morning. Amen. Brother Jack, glad to see you here this morning. Amen. That's a that's a big answer to prayer right there. Amen. So uh, we are so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, let's continue to worship. Let's stand if you would. Uh, there's nothing that our God can't do. You believe that this morning? Amen. Come on. Here we go.
nothing is impossible with him. Sing it out. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the testimonies of prayer and some some of those prayers that we pray take years and years and years to be answered so I want to encourage you not to not to give up on those prayers especially if it's a loved one I know we just spent Thanksgiving and some of your loved ones are in a good place and some are not but how many of you can testify that you've prayed for one of your loved ones and God has brought them where they need to be with him. I want to encourage you. There's nothing that our God can't do. And because of that, we love our Lord, don't we? So let's express our love as we sing of the goodness of God. Never fail. 
Father, thank you. Lord, you're such a good God. Such a good Father, Lord. We love you so much. We praise you, God. Lord, as we now worship you through the preaching of your word, God, would you just speak to our hearts, speak to our lives. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering. Amen. If you have children that would like to go to Children's Church, uh, you can meet Miss Cindy at the door over there. Give our children and our children's workers a big hand, if you would. Amen. I want to share something with you this morning that I feel like after the holidays that we may need. How many of you had a good Thanksgiving? Amen. How many of you got to spend some time around family that you just love and love to see all the time? How many of you spent other kinds of family uh, around? Amen. All right. That's okay. That's okay. Let's, uh, we're all family here. We can be honest with each other. Amen. It's a challenge. Holidays can be a challenge. They can be a blessing and a challenge, and it can all change on a nanosecond, can it? Amen. It can all change from a really good day to a really bad day. And so uh, here's something I think that happens a lot. Uh, around the holidays and maybe uh, at, during this time. Uh, but, you know, and especially everything we've gone through the last few years is uh, we lose our passion. And so once a year I try to, uh, to preach this message because I feel like probably about once a year we all need it. We all need a pep talk, don't we? Now, I don't know about the Chapel Hill Bulldogs. I know that the, their coach probably gets in there and he gives them a good pep talk before those games. Many times that's exactly what we need. we need. We need to go in there and we need to get a pep talk sometimes because by the end of the year, sometimes we're drained, aren't we? And we've lost our passion. We've, where the Bible talks about uh, the church of Ephesus having lost its first love. And sometimes our, uh, as we get towards the end of the year, our priorities can be all out of whack. The things that matter, uh, the things that don't matter seem to matter too much. The things that really do matter, we seem to have kind of put them on the back shelf. And so I wanted to talk to you today about getting your passion back, all right? Maybe this is you. At one time, maybe you were closer to God. Um, maybe you were um, spiritually growing at one time in your life, but you've, maybe you've kind of gone stagnant. Sometimes there's explanations for this stuff, by the way, and sometimes there's just times there's no explanation. Sometimes you're going through a spiritual desert, and you know why you're going through the spiritual desert. Sometimes you're going through the spiritual desert because you put yourself in the spiritual desert. You stop talking to him. You stop praying. You stop going to church. You stopped reading your Bible. And so sometimes you understand why you're in the spiritual desert. And, uh, but there are other times that there's no explanation. You just, you're doing everything you used to do. You're still praying. You're still reading your Bible. But for some reason, you're in the spiritual desert. You ever been there? Sometimes there's just no explanation. And so I want to want you to understand that sometimes I believe it's just a test. Sometimes it's we go through the spiritual desert and God just wants to see Job. Job did not understand why he had to go through what he went through. He didn't he never found out the reason. Now he got blessed doubly after it was over, but it was a test uh, that the, the Lord was allowing him to go through. And those tests are not easy all the time, are they? The hardest things in life are what make us grow the most, but they are not the most fun thing to go through, are they? And so we need to understand that uh, sometimes we just, we're in the spiritual desert, and sometimes there's a reason, there's an answer, sometimes there's not. 
maybe you sensed his presence more in your life. Maybe there was a time where it just felt like the Holy Spirit was around you all the time. And now it seems like God said his presence seems a million miles away. Uh, I'm going to tell you my personal story. Uh, most of you have heard my testimony to some degree or another. But I was 15. I was in high school when I got saved. And it was the summer. It was the summer between my, uh, my sophomore and my junior year in high school. And uh, I went. It was a youth revival at Friendly Baptist over here on Front Street. And uh, the preacher got up and preached one night. And I didn't know that that night he was going to be preaching right at me. And I got saved that night. And I, I had a true encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It changed my life. Uh, I was a church attender uh, for about three years before that, but it never really made a difference. I was not a new creation. That's what the preacher preached on that night, that if any man is in Christ, behold, he is a new creation, a new creature. And behold, all things are new. The old things pass away. All things become new. And I knew that had not happened in my life. And so that night, I had a true encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, I went back to school my junior year, and I was on fire for the Lord. Uh, I was so focused on him. I don't know if you can remember back, if some of you has been a long time like me, I don't know if you can remember back to the day you got saved. And there was just an excitement, a joy, felt like the weight of the world had been lifted off your shoulders. You felt clean and fresh and new. And I was going into high school, and I got involved in the youth group, and my youth pastor challenged us. He gave us a challenge. He said, I want you uh, to be bold on your campus this year. And so I, I went to John Tyler High School. And so uh, it's a big school. Uh, my class graduated over 500. And so uh, he said, I want, you to, I want to issue you a challenge. I want you to get, a, get your Bible, and I want you to take your Bible to school with you. Put it on the top of your books. You don't have to open it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to say anything about it. You don't have to do anything. I'm just challenging you. Just take your Bible and put it on the top of your books and just see what happens. And then if somebody does happen to ask you about it, that's your opportunity to share what God's done in your life. And so I, that's how I began my junior year of high school. Freshly saved. Everything was new. I was on fire for the Lord. I would tell anybody who would listen. And I took that Bible to school, and people asked. I, I, I would issue that same challenge. Take that Bible to school or to work. And just lay it out there on the desk. You don't have to open it. You know, I guarantee you, God will open some doors through that Bible. He will open some doors for you to share what God has done in your life. But that's what happened to me. I was going to a Bible study. I was going to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. I was heavily involved in a youth group. Uh, they were doing a, a, a Bible study on Monday nights. Uh, I was going to that, and I was, just, I was growing in the Lord. And I have to tell you, honestly that I have never been closer to the Lord than I was my junior year of high school because it was all fresh. It was all new. I had found my first love, and I was just in love with him, and I was not ashamed of it. And I can tell you right now, even as a preacher standing here, there was never, there's never been a time in my life I was closer to the Lord than my junior year in high school. And I know I've I've surrendered to the ministry. I've led churches. I've led youth groups. I've led uh, worship. I've pastored churches. But I can tell you there's not been a time I've been as close to the Lord as that time. You know why? Because it was my sole and main focus. I was absorbing myself with the Lord. I was absorbing myself in his word. And uh, 
the rest of my life, I've been trying to get back to that place again. But you know what happens? Life happens, right? Guess what else I had to think of in my junior year in high school? What else did I have to concentrate on? My studies, I wanted to pass high school. That was a big thing. Uh, and uh, that was not as easy for me as some of y'all. So I did have to study. But, uh, but other than that, my focus was totally on Jesus. And then uh, I met this young lady over here. And uh, she became some of the focus. Then we get married. We started life together. Bills start to show up. Y'all know about them bills? Then bills started to show up. Uh, uh, life got in the way. And even, even though I was working, uh, now I didn't always work full-time in ministry, but even when it got to that point where I was working full-time in ministry, can I tell you this? Just because you work full-time in ministry does not mean that your heart is where it needs to be. Many times the ministry can get in the way because it just becomes the job, and the job becomes more important than actually reaching people to the Lord and staying close to the Lord. You can be in ministry and still struggle in spending time with the Lord and still struggle in your relationship with the Lord. In fact, I will guarantee the devil will make sure of it. He will put as many distractions as he can. So life gets in the way. Maybe that's happened to you too. I'm going to tell you there's two types of people. Um, go ahead and put the first one up there. Those who let circumstances influence their enthusiasm. Everybody in here should have enthusiasm. I'm, gonna, I'm going to give a definition of the word enthusiasm. It comes from a Greek word called entheos. The word, our word enthusiasm comes from the Greek word entheos. And you know what entheos means? It means in God. Our enthusiasm comes from God. There it is, entheos, in God, filled with God, and it's born out of intimacy with God. All right? That's where your enthusiasm should come from. But guess what? I lose my enthusiasm sometimes. Do you lose your enthusiasm sometimes? And guess what? We'll go back to the first one. Um, those who let their circumstances influence their enthusiasm. You ever do that? You ever let what kind of day you're having, and sometimes the devil can, something shows up on your doorstep first thing in the morning, and it just sucks your joy away for the day, doesn't it? Sucks your enthusiasm right out the window. But there are those who let their circumstances influence everything. But we don't need to be number one. You know who we need to be? The number two kind of person. Those who use their enthusiasm, enthusiasm, oh, that's what it filled in, enthusiasmism <laughs> to influence their <laughs> Sorry, I, I, that's probably on me, JT. I probably misspelled that. Uh, those who use their enthusiasm to influence their circumstances, all right? So in other words, are you going to let your uh, circumstances dictate to you or are you going to let your joy for life and your being filled with God dictate to your circumstances? Are you going to tell your circumstances? And uh, Miss, uh, Miss uh, uh, Kelly and Jessica gave me a T-shirt, and I, needed, I should have worn it today. Not today, Satan. Is that what you're going to tell Satan some days? Because some days you've got to go rise above your circumstances, and you just got to tell Satan, mm-mm, mm-mm, not today. Amen? And we need to understand that. So I want you to be those kind of people today. Not today, Satan. I am full of God. I am full of the Lord. I am in Theos today, and it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. Oh, you had a flat tire this morning. Bless God, the Lord must have wanted me to have a flat tire this morning, and I probably need to go down, and I probably need to witness the guy at the tire store. It's all in how you look at it, isn't it? Amen? So we need to understand that, all right? So be the second kind of person, all right? Uh, and we already covered what entheos is. I want to go to the first set of scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. 
it says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. What does steadfast mean? Consistent. Consistent. You know what a lot of y'all's problem is? You hear the preacher talking like that. I can say it this way. Mark, you know what your problem is? Uh, we are not steadfast. We are not consistent. We are so all over the place. We are so up and down. You ever heard the word bipolar? I believe everybody's got a little bit of bipolar in them. Now, some of you, you got more than others. I'll tell you that right up front. All right. But I believe all of us have a little bit of bipolar in us. What does bipolar mean? It just simply means we are crashing and burning and we are hitting the mountaintops. We have extreme highs and then boom, we have extreme lows right behind them. We crash and burn, don't we? And I believe all of us experience that to some degree. But we need to be steadfast, consistent. I don't need to be like, shoom, 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 shoom. I need to be like this. And maybe every once in a while, uh, 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 uh. That's what I need to, I need to aspire that for my life. Consistency, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You ever feel like, I ain't doing no good. None of it really means anything. Why am I doing this? You ever, you ever feel that way? Again, I've, I've confessed to you, every preacher on Monday morning, why am I doing this? So we need to understand, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. All right? Um, here's a good statement. It's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for. Did you hear that? It's not what you do that makes it meaningful. It's who you do it for. Let me give you an example. My wife. You ever do those five love languages? It'll, they'll make you mad. You know why? Because that lady's love language doesn't match my love language at all. And so it's very frustrating because I know what blesses me, so I think I'll do that for her and it'll bless her. Nope. Opposites attract. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Amen? It's very true. So she gets blessed by acts of service. And one thing she loves for me to do is to empty the dishwasher. I don't know why the empty part. She, I don't think she likes filling it either, but I don't do it right. Amen? I'm not, I'm not detailed enough. But I can take them out after they're clean and put them all up where they go. And so it blesses her. Now, if I go home and the dishwasher is full and they're clean, I have put dirty ones up before, uh, but that's just because I'm Mark, all right? And I'm not paying attention all the time. But uh, if I go home and I see that they're clean and I put them up, am I doing it to score brownie points or, or it's, uh, I'm getting credit for what I do? No, I'm doing it because of who I'm doing it for. Amen? I'm not doing it because I like doing it. I guarantee you that. Amen. <laughs> I'm doing it for who I'm doing it for because it blesses her. Amen. So the things that you do for the Lord, they're not about what you do. They're not about checking the box. If you're a good Baptist, you remember the days when you had the envelopes and it had about 25 different boxes on there. And it would detail how good a Baptist you were that week by how many boxes you could check. Can I tell you today, it ain't about checking the boxes. 
I read my Bible. I tithed my money. I did this. I did that. Is the Lord impressed? No. But you know what he does love? He says, it didn't matter that you checked those boxes, Mark, but it matters that you did those things because you loved me. And I appreciate that love. That's a love language. You know that the Lord has love languages? I believe he's got all of them. He loves all of them. Amen. And he loves them when we do it for him. All right. I know everything the Lord asks me to do and asks you to do is not pleasant. And I don't necessarily want to do it. But I do it because I do it for him. Amen. Um, Best example is you ever known a person who just, I don't know if they necessarily love their job, but they just took joy in it. I used to go, now this is back, unfortunately, they don't do this anymore, but you remember the days when you'd walk into Walmart, and it was usually an older person. They have an old person at the front door, and they called that the Walmart greeter. You remember the Walmart greeters? And it was usually an older person. And they would, they would uh, this is when Walmart still cared, I think, uh, they would try to pick somebody who had a good personality. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because I don't want to walk in Walmart and say, welcome to Walmart. Get in here. Get out. I want to hear, hey, welcome to Walmart today. We are so glad you're here. And some of those Walmart greeters would bless my day. You ever been and had a waitress wait on you or a waiter wait on you that just had a great personality, seemed to love what they were doing? Amen. Mary, Mary, amen. Now, Mary will give you a hard time, but she does love, she does love what she's doing, and she loves to interact with you. She loves to, she don't want to just go do her job, Amen. Uh, Mary wants to interact with you, amen? And I love going down there and interacting with Mary, amen? But it's the joy of life. Where has the joy of life gone? You see, when you do your job, not just for yourself, but you realize that you are doing a job, and when the Scripture says that whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, that's just that's the way we all need to operate. I'm not doing this because it's necessarily my favorite job. I'm not doing it. You know, it's, it can get hard sometimes, but I'm going to do it as if I'm doing it unto the Lord because I love him. And I'm going to do it with great joy and great enthusiasm. That makes a difference, doesn't it? You don't think it don't make a difference? Go down to the checkout line at the grocery store or go to the restaurant and find somebody who don't like their job and who is not happy to be there. I'm sorry, that gets all under my skin, doesn't it, yours? Amen. You don't want to do this. Go do something where you're not around people. Amen. Because you are being a Debbie Downer. Amen. I got enough Debbie Downers in my life. I don't need another one. Amen. I need somebody who's going to be encouraging, full of joy. And uh, if you're going to work with people, you need to have that and do that. Amen. So uh, enthusiasm is not a product of environment as much as a posture of your heart. I used to have a guy. That uh, And I can't even remember what, where it was he worked. I don't even remember. I don't remember his name. I don't remember where he worked. But I do remember what he would say to me every time I would see him. Every time I entered whatever establishment it was, I would ask the guy, hey, how you doing? And his response was always, oh, brother, I am highly blessed and highly favored. And a big old smile would come on his face. And I don't remember that guy's name. I don't even remember where it was exactly he worked. But I do remember that. I remember how he made me feel. Can I say this at the end of the day? When your casket is down here or your urn or whatever it is, one day people aren't going to remember your job, your salary, 
your house, your car, they're going to remember how, they, how you made them feel. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Amen? How do you make me feel? And I want to say, I love being around people who are enthusiastic and who are full of in God, in theos, and they make me feel highly blessed and highly favored. When that guy would say that, you know what it would do for me? Whoo! Come on. That's right, brother. You know what? I'm going to go the rest of my day. I'm going to go through my day like I'm highly blessed and highly favored. Because bless God, if that guy can say it, I can say it too. Amen? And it, it makes all the difference in the world. My attitude, when my attitude is, I'm highly blessed and highly favored. I got everything I could ever want. God has blessed me beyond measure. And I ain't afraid to tell somebody. Amen? That is inspiring to me and to you. That's the way we all need to live our lives. All right? So, let's look at a guy who was a good example of this. Anybody remember a guy named King David? Let's go to the scripture. 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46. Now, King David was a young man. There's two stories everybody in here remembers about King David, right? There's the David and Goliath story. And then what's number two? David and Bathsheba. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So we're going to look at the good side. So King David was... He had God's hand all over him. But guess what? As he got older and he got more important and he got a little more full of himself, he responded to where maybe he just kind of lost his passion. He lost his enthusiasm. So let's, let's read about the beginning. In verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come at me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And he did. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This, this was a teenager, folks. Maybe he was going into his junior year of high school. Maybe, maybe, amen. This was a young man, but he was full of the Lord. He was in theos. And because of that, he didn't fear anything, not even a nine-foot giant. That's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? David had not human confidence, but raw, undeniable spiritual passion. All right? So where did David's enthusiasm come from? Let's look at it. Number one, he trusted God daily. You remember the story is that he was a shepherd, and he would go out, and David was so bold that he'd guard his sheep, and if a lion or a bear tried to come get one of them, it said he'd literally kill it with his own bare hands. Wasn't afraid of nothing. He knew he had the Lord on his side. He knew he was living a blessed and favored, anointed life. He didn't fear anything. Number two, he walked with God daily. He was in constant communication with the Lord daily. Number three. He worshiped God daily. He would have a time of just him and the Lord, and he would worship his, his God daily. Now, look at those three. What's the common denominator in all three of those? Daily. It is God also, yes, but <laughs> daily. Daily. Can I tell you this? You want to know where your passion went? The minute you stop the daily. Because guess what? The devil don't take a day off. God doesn't take a day off. 
And so every single day you go without speaking to him or fellowshipping with him or worshiping him, the devil sees his opportunity and he will put a separation. And that separation every day gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We must have these things daily. We must trust God daily, walk with God daily, worship God daily. If you want to be strong in the Lord, it has to be a daily practice. Amen. So, there were two seasons in David's life. He was a kid, on fire for the Lord, so bold, nothing nothing made him fearful. He didn't fear anything. And then he grows up and he becomes to be the king. Now, we would think this kid grows up to be the king of all Israel. We would think, well, God, that's probably when he's closest to the Lord. Mm -mm. Can, can I tell you this? Uh, you would think as a preacher, uh, a 59-year-old, fixing to be 60-year-old preacher, that now, man, all that time you've spent with the Lord, you're probably closer to the Lord than you've ever been. No, I already admitted it to you. Way back, 15, 16, going into my junior year. That's when it was. Your position doesn't have anything to do with that. What you think is maturity, I used to think maturity was age. Oh, was I sadly mistaken. <laughs> Amen? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Maturity ain't got nothing to do with age. I've known some very childish 70-year-olds. Amen? It has to do with attitude of your heart. Amen? And there's just something about that pure, unadulterated passion when you first fall in love with the Lord. That's, it's hard to get back there. It's hard to just have that pure passion I had when I first met the Lord. And I've spent my whole life just striving to get back to that point. But there's so many distractions. And the problem is I let those distractions get in my way many times. All right. Um, how did a man who had such enthusiasm as a kid lose it as a king? I'm going to tell you. He took his eyes off his calling and he put it on his comfort. David took his eyes off of his calling and he put it on his comfort. Let's switch to the story of David and Bathsheba. Do you remember what it says at the beginning of the story in Bathsheba? It says that David, it was the springtime when he should have been at war with his armies, but instead he was in the palace. Number one problem in the story of David and Bathsheba is he was not where he should have been. He wanted to be comfortable. Well, bless God, I'm the king. Let them handle it. That's, what's the perks of being the king? If you can't just take a little time off, just send the boys. And I'm just going to stay here at the palace, kick back, just enjoy myself. What happens when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you stop having that daily walk with God? The devil says, oh, oh, yeah, here's my opportunity. Now, was David looking for Bathsheba? No. But because of David's position as the king, his palace was higher than every other rooftop. And so he goes out there, I, I believe probably just innocently, He's just out on the rooftop, just enjoying the day, uh, just, you know, just observing the kingdom. And what do you think the devil allows? Whew, a woman taking a bath on her roof, right in his eyesight, right in his eyeline. And David sees her, and the devil begins. It begins up here. Remember, every sin, everything starts here before it becomes an action, becomes a temptation. At that point... Could David have avoided the sin? Yes. It's not, a, it's not a sin when it's a temptation. And you can't stop the birds from flying around. You can stop them from nesting, though. Amen? 
But David didn't stop there. He saw her. He said, I have to have her. And he sent somebody to go get her. You know the story. Committed adultery. She becomes pregnant. Oh, my gosh, we got to cover this up. Her husband is one of the leaders in the army. He sends word, let's put him at the front lines. And uh, what happens at the front lines? Usually, if you're leading the attack, you're going to get killed. And sure enough, that's what happens. And so David covers it all up, thinks he's gotten away with sin. How many of you have had sin and you thought you was going to get away with it? It don't happen that way, does it? The Bible tells me this way, that everything that's in the darkness will eventually come to the light. The Lord will make sure of that. And so everything that's in the darkness will come to the light. And David thought nobody knew. But guess what? God has this unique ability to use a thing called the Holy Spirit. And so he had these guys called prophets, and God would speak to the prophets. There was a prophet in town called Nathan. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to Nathan and says, King David's done messed up, and you need to go call him out. What a job that would be, right? What you think is going to happen to the prophet who shows up at the palace and tells the king, you in sin and you need to get it right. You're probably going to get your head lopped off. But Nathan says, all right, Lord. And so he shows up. And you remember he tells that story about this guy had a sheep. And the, the, the king wanted, he could have had any sheep in the kingdom, but he wanted that sheep. And so he goes and he kills that guy's sheep. And David gets, he gets angry, indignant. Well, how dare him? This guy treated that sheep like a baby. It was like his, his pet, his child. And he could have had any sheep in the kingdom. And he, want, and he takes that sheep. From that poor man. And Nathan says, oh, King David, you are that man. <sighs> Dagger to the heart, twisted, right? And David, to his credit, repents. And he cries out to God in Psalm 51. Now, I want to ask you a question before we read Psalm 51. Are you like David, 15-year-old David? Are you charging into battle? Are you charging hell with a squirt gun? Are you encountering the enemy every day and saying, not today, Satan? Or have you become complacent and comfortable? And Satan is able to get in every crack that you leave. Where are you? We all need to be like the 15-year-old. Ain't got nothing to do with him being king. Ain't got nothing to do with his position. Ain't got nothing to do with how much people fear him. It has to do with where are we with the Lord. All right, let's read it. Psalm 51, 10 through 12. The band can come on back. It says this, Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then go to Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And this was the letter to the churches. It says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Thank you. Remember, therefore... From where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, 
or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, leave that right there for a second. I want you to look at this. This is the key to all of us getting our passion back. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and go back and do the first things you did. Remember what I said, your first love? Remember when you first got saved? Remember when you were just purely in love with Jesus? Go back to that. When I'm trying to get back to that, I try to remember what I felt, what I did, the time that I spent with the Lord, and the things that I did to stay close to him. So remember what you did when you first fell in love. Can I tell you this? When you get in trouble in your marriage, this is, this is a freebie right here. This wasn't even in the notes, but I'm going to throw this in for free. When you get in tr trouble in your marriage and your relationship, and you look at that other person and you wonder, why do I, why do I love that person? I don't even love this person anymore. You need to go back and you remember, guess what? Either you were stupid enough or you were in love enough to fall in love with that person in the first place. And sometimes you've got to go back and remind yourself, what did I fall in love with? Who did I fall in love with? I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that part in my relationship. And he says this, do those things or else I'm going to come to you quickly and I'm going to remove your lampstand. From its place unless you repent can the lord stop working on it? what does that mean remove your lampstand that means i will the holy spirit will stop working in your life he will stop drawing you if you if he keeps coming to you and keeps coming to you and you keep refusing to repent and refusing to get rid of the sin and refusing to deal with the sin he simply says i'm not going to send the holy spirit always i'll stop sending the holy spirit and you will grow cold and hard. Ever been there? Done that? Me. Yeah. So let me tell you this. Here's my last point. You didn't lose your passion. You left your passion. Did you catch that? You did not lose your passion. You chose to leave your passion. All of us. That's all of us. So in gaining our passion back, Let's get back to those first things. If you would, bow your head. Maybe you would say, Brother Mark, how do I do that? I'm going to give you some suggestions. You need to go back to your job, and you need to start to serve God in your job. And you, start, you need to start doing that job as if you're doing it for the Lord. You need to be the best employee or employer there is in that company. You need to show up first and go home last. You need to leave it all on the field. Everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. When you go home, when you come home at night, you need to be excited to see your family. You need to treat your family better than you treated all those other people at work that day. You need to love on them. Do you want to go to church today? No. I get to go to church today. I can't wait to go to church and see what God is going to do. It's not your circumstances. It's what are you setting in your mind? What are you setting in your mind? Father, I pray that you have your will and your way in this place today. If someone's not saved, I pray that they see their need for salvation today. If someone has wandered away and needs to come back to you, I pray that they'd repent and come back to you today. Have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. You need to come. If you need to get saved today, if you need to come recommit your life to Christ, 
If you need somebody to pray for you, Brother Martin is going to be on this side. I'll be here. We would love to pray for you. Uh, we're going to sing this last song, and you come during this song if you would like to. God's good. Amen. And I want to tell you this morning, uh, we've had some people just say, I need to, I need to recommit myself to Christ. Uh, maybe even uh, I had one that wants to be baptized. They said, I just need to, I'm not sure if I knew what I was doing when I got baptized. I want to recommit myself. I want to get rebaptized to remind myself of where I need to be. Amen. And uh, then uh, we've just had so many decisions, so much prayer. Uh, we just want to be reminded, uh, Brother Jerry came to me today and said, uh, man, I just want to remind everybody that God, our God still answers prayer because he said, I've been praying long and hard for Brother Jack to be able to be back in church. And uh, God answers prayer. Amen. Amen. And uh, he does. Don't ever forget. You know, sometimes it's easy to 
think of all the things we need to pray for, but we forget to thank him for the answers that he gives us because he's a God who answers prayer all the time too. Amen. Well, God is good. Don't forget, ladies, uh, Christmas fellowship on the 9th. Sign up sheet. Please sign that up. You can help in decorating the church. Uh, it is time. I know many of you probably have already done your house, uh, so you're so good at it. Just come do it up here. Amen. Uh, we need some help, though. Uh, men, women, muscle, uh, young people, uh, just just help. See Miss Cindy uh, and uh, if you can help with that. All right. And they'll arrange a time to get all that set up. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, movie night tonight, uh, Christmas story, The Chosen. They're going to be reenacting the uh, the manger story, and so it's it's really really good. I already watched it, so I can uh, know what you're doing tonight. Amen. So it's really really good. So come tonight, and popcorn and candy provided, and we'll have a good time. Six o'clock on that. All right, Father, we love you. Thank you for being here in this place. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And God, you moving in this place, God, help us to go out this week and that we see the world as our mission field because it's right outside these doors in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.